Okay, luckily all I need all I need is to collapse. To start talking again. Hello? Oh my god. Ugh. It says your, your audio... video calling me right now. Oh, I'm not though. <laughs> I don't know. That's what it said. Well, then turn it off. <laughs> okay, I I change your something. change your default mic. Is that the problem here? Well, you just sound different. Like it sounds like it's probably using like your comp- like some other microphone on your system. Because when you started recording, your mic sounded like it changed. Oh my goodness. Okay, I'm just gonna call you back because we have. Just don't stop recording on Audacity. Okay, keep that going. Okay, we'll let okay. that go. I'll, I'll call okay. you back. Hello. Oh, it's so much better. <laughs> Is it? Okay, you sound the same, but... Okay, well, whatever. I'm still using the same bad mic That's situation. We'll just, let's just roll with it. Yeah, you do sound better, though. Okay, oh, good. my goodness. Okay, where do I start? I have so many things to say. All the things? Well, okay, I'll tell the main, I'll tell the main story. Okay. Okay. Uh, actually, let me make sure. I feel like I was looking for a comic specifically to try and tell the story. No, I chose I chose a totally different one. Okay. Okay. So this Saturday, I went into the car dealership to uh, mm-hmm. get my oil changed okay. and get transmission fluid changed because those are two things I needed to do. And uh, the previous weekend, it had rained slightly, and as I was leaving my house, all of a sudden water started coming in through the interior cabin light. What? Which shouldn't happen. Uh, and then after like, I don't know, 10 minutes maybe, it just kind of stopped. It rained the entire week. It never happened again. So with this knowledge, I pull into the dealership knowing that I'm just here for an oil change. But I mentioned to them, hey, this is a thing that happened. And he said, has your windshield ever been replaced? I said, not to my knowledge, I've owned it for, I've owned this car for about six months, you know, like, I don't think so, (laughs) not on my watch, and I wasn't informed, and he said, well, it doesn't have a Honda sticker on it, or a little Honda emblem, so it must have been replaced at some point, and I can see that, like, just looking at it, it doesn't look like it was sealed on top uh, perfectly. Oh, God. So now I need to... uh, add glass coverage to my insurance which my dad told me is actually pretty cheap it shouldn't be a big deal but it's just another thing to deal with right yeah so as i'm sitting at the dealership i'm calling my dad telling him about this whole situation this whole windshield situation he said yeah i just like call the customer service on a progressive because they don't let you add it online for weird reasons uh but then you know when i have the time once i get it added i should be able to just tell them hey like there was this leak can i get this you know windshield fixed uh and it theoretically should be covered which would be good yeah the fact that it rained all last week and that thing never showed up again makes me feel a bit better that it wasn't like i left work every day and there was just a puddle of water in my cup holder or something (laughs) that would have freaked me out and like i would have had to just drop the 300 dollars or whatever to get it fixed on the spot but Luckily, that didn't happen, so it's not terrible. So that's all That's all fine. And then, so I get my oil changed, get the transmission fluid done, whatever. I leave, I go home. 
And then later on that day, I was like, I'm going to go to Guitar Center because I need to get a new mallet bag. I've been schlepping around the same mallet bag that can't close because I have too many things to put in it. And I look like an idiot every time I go to band. And I just want to, you know, have something that fits my stuff correctly. Uh, So I go drive to Guitar Center. And on the way there, I don't know how far I was, but I was, I don't know, I've maybe gotten like five or ten miles. And I'm going like 75 in the left lane. And all of a sudden, there's just this horrifying screeching sound that almost sounded like my brakes were being, like, forcibly pushed against a piece of metal or something. Oh, God. And so I'm I'm hearing this, obviously, inside my car, and I'm like, I'm waiting for the car to slow down, but it doesn't. So at least I know it's not, like, a brake thing. So I managed to get off the freeway and go pull, uh, you know... Uh, pull off and pull into a parking lot and as i'm doing that there's a lot of little bumps and stuff on california roads lots of dips lots of speed bumps mm-hmm. and every time i d- hit a little dip i can feel like hear and feel you know how you can like, like feel things with your car sometimes mm-hmm. uh, a piece of metal scraping against the ground near my feet oh god so luckily though i had my wits about me in terms of I knew what I knew immediately what it was because it had happened to one of our previous accords. It's this it's a skid plate, so it's a piece of sheet metal essentially that just protects your oil stuff from the road. <laughs> like it, it, it takes the hit so that like if you hit something, if you were to bottom out or something, yeah. it would take the hit so like the actual internals don't get injured. Yeah. And it was dragging on the road. Oh god. When it had happened to our other car so think of just like a sheet of metal and just imagine, you know, it's it's screwed in on its four corners, right? Mm-hmm. When it happened previously, the back two screws were the ones that were essentially loose. So it was dragging down from the back, mm-hmm. right? Which means that if you're going fast, the wind, the wind like the, the current Keeps underneath the car, will, yeah, will push it up. On mine, it just so happened that the front two <laughs> were the one that went down. So it goes. So it goes to show that I didn't notice it at all. Nothing really happened poorly, or like it didn't, maybe it was still like kind of screwed on until it until there was enough air pressure coming in the front from getting on the freeway and going like seventy five that it made it come loose and pushed down onto the ground the entire time I was going fast enough. Oh gosh! Right. That so I'm sitting there, terrifying. About you know twenty thirty minutes from the dealership, thinking to myself. This isn't necessarily a dangerous situation, but it's annoying. I can't drive on the freeway because I could I could cause a spark. That would be dangerous. But, you know, it's not like I'm not going to call, like, roadside assistance for a piece of sheet metal underneath my car, you know? Really? No, because, like, I was, I was problem-solving through it. A, I was annoyed because I knew that it was the dealership's fault because that's a thing that you take off when you do an oil change. Uh... They didn't put it back on correctly. So I already knew, like, I'm going back to the dealership and getting this taken care of somehow. It was more just, how do I do this? Because yeah. I, I, t- I tried to go back on the freeway, and I learned that 60 miles an hour was the limit. Once I hit 60, it got pushed <laughs> down. Anything below that, 55, unless I hit a big bump, it was just making enough clearance to not scrape it all. Yeah. So I'm not going to, like in California, the speed limit's like 65. I'm not driving 10 under the entire way there in the right-hand lane. I'm not an idiot. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, after kind of calling my dad and freaking out, admittedly, for a few minutes, get, and also just being really frustrated, because, like, this wasn't what I wanted out of my day, you yeah. know? <laughs> That's what I, dads are for, though. Yeah, yeah. So I realized that Google Maps has a avoid highways option on a route. It does. So I had, so I clicked on that, and sure enough, it would take me literally twice as long to get there. It would have taken me 20 on the freeway. It took me 40-ish to get there. Uh, but, you know, I went on my way taking all these random back roads, staying in the 45 to 50 zone just to be safe on my speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, even there is one stretch of a a back, of like a frontage road off of the freeway. The, the speed limit was still 65. Yeah. But there were so few cars that I was like, you know what, there is this like crappy truck in front of me going 55. I was like, I'll stay behind you. That's you know, fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I called the dealership on the way there. Was very miffed at first when it went to voicemail. <laughs> what? So I, so I leave the service department of voicemail <laughs> saying, hey. Like, this is my name. This is my number. I was there approximately six hours ago to get my oil changed, and my skid plate came loose while I was on the freeway. I'm coming back, if, and I'm just letting you know that I'm coming back, if that can help make things go a bit quicker, you know? Yeah. Luckily, before I got there, because I was 40 minutes away, <laughs> they called me back <laughs> saying, you know, in customer service words uh, and inflection, you know, Sorry about that. Like, we're not happy about it either. But yeah, just come in and we'll get it taken care of right away, which they did. I can commend them for that. Like, it all turned out fine. But man, that was just, it was way more stress than I needed on my Saturday. It was not what I expected. I already wasn't happy about paying a dealership to do stuff to my car because it's always expensive. Like, when it's stuff that I know that I could theoretically learn how to do for myself, but just because of, like, my situation and also having a sedan versus like a truck it's just not feasible to do on my own it was just oh man but i made it and i got my stick bag as well (laughs) so that's good oh that's good yeah i just need i needed to vent that it was so ugh. but yeah we're all good now and i have my oil changed (laughs) good Good, good, good. And a laundry list of other things that I need to go in in the next couple months to pay for as well, because I'm at like 40,000 miles, which is the magic number where everything needs to get checked and replaced. Yeah. So I need to deal with all that. But when it was like, oh, yeah, like the transmission fluid is like due, like expected to be done at 40,000. And I was like... Yeah, I guess. The transmission is important, I guess. Even if it's not like a traditional transmission car. Uh, so I paid them for that on top of the oil change, and it was like $200 total, which, you know, is life. Uh, but then he was like, oh, there's also these other things that are due at like, like, A, the things that we notice, like, oh, these filters are dirty. It's like, well, they're always dirty. Anytime you go in, they're dirty. And I, yeah. I know that I can replace an air filter for myself if I Google it. So my plan is to do that. Uh, but yeah, it's just, you know, owning things. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Hashtag adulting. Ugh. No kidding. Yeah. Okay. That was a fun story. Yeah, that's so fun. 
Uh, but I did edit most of OHAC while I was at the car dealership. <laughs> really? Because I had an hour and a half. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. <laughs> so I just I plopped down at there is one there are two chairs at a small counter near the coffee machine, whereas all the other chairs were just chairs around a TV. <clears throat> so I was able to snag one of those counter spots and uh, get on my way, which was cool. Well, way to be productive. That's an accomplishment. Yeah, I was pretty pumped that I was uh, uh, thoughtful enough. Because it's like, you know, I'm not, it's not like a Valvoline instant oil change. You know, I'm going to a dealership where the option is wait or come back later. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not going to be quick. And they quoted me like an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it being an hour and a half or whatever. So I was, I was prepared for that from having dealt with a dealership uh, once before. And so I, you know, purposely brought my laptop and my iPad and all this stuff just to, yeah, for whatever I wanted to get done. Ooh, okay, okay. I think it's time for us to transition. Go, go beyond my story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Grant's comic is "Free Range" by Bill Whitehead, and we have. Ooh, this is one that I can use some verbal description on. Mm-hmm. Mm, we have a a scorching sun. In the top left corner, uh, beating down upon three men deserted on an island, a prototypical comic island that is a sand mound with a single palm tree in the center. The sun reflects off the yellow sand, leaving a red scorch pattern on it. The man on the left uh, is wearing tattered blue pants. No shirt. Man in the middle, leaning against the palm tree. Uh, tattered red pants and a purple shirt. The man on the right, uh, with a cropped white t-shirt and also tattered blue pants. And noticeably, is the one character talking and happens to be on a telephone. And says... Ed lives somewhere in the Midwest, and Jim settled out on the West Coast, so I don't see them much anymore. <laughs> so, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Ed? <laughs> I think you can probably tell why I chose this comic. Mm-hmm. Um, but so my thinking about this comic was it seemed to kind of hilariously settle on our situation that we're in currently a bit and it made me think about communicating with friends out of college because people tend to scatter kind of everywhere across the country and honestly across the world um, and I wanted to get your opinions on in today's modern age where we have the internet and we have texting and calling and all these various ways to communicate. How accurate do you feel this comic is about kind of our 
modern scattering around the world after college. Like, I feel like we, the two of us, we have a lot of friends who have kind of scattered to, in reality, long distances. But do you think that technology has made those distances a lot shorter? Uh, I, I don't know. I feel like it's mainly just... Uh, I think it's just slightly changed the dynamic because, I mean, telephones have been around for a while and what you and I do and what I do with Jack and Mikhail and what I do with pretty much all my other friends who I stay in contact with is basically talk on the phone. Okay, so you don't like video chat people. Uh, Other than Aaron, I haven't, but that's, I think that's partially because uh, the people that... I have talked on the phone, I guess, like, my parents sometimes, but not frequently. Uh, but just some of the people that I talk on, that I talk to, aren't, like, video chatty type people. Okay. You know, and also I feel like, you know, uh, you probably stay in contact with a few more people than I do, would be my guess. hmm And for me, like... The people that I was solidly in contact with for at least the second half of college it mostly makes up the people that I am still in contact with right now. Yeah. It's not like a big group of people, so it doesn't feel uh, like we're out of contact or anything, not any more than usual for the most part. Uh, yeah, like Jack and Mikhail and I directly talk and you know record a podcast about every month, but we'll still you know, interact in our Slack or on Snapchat or whatever, or text back and forth about some other random thing here or there. And same goes for pretty much everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even in college, you know, there are people like Greg or whatever who I wouldn't see all the time. You know, like, it honestly doesn't feel all that different if I think about each individual relationship. The biggest thing for me is just the actual physical isolation overall okay you know it's like if i think of like everybody who i normally hung out with in college and i think of each individual relationship and how frequently i actually hung out with them it's obviously slightly more frequent than like how frequently i can fly home or whatever but it Mm -hmm. doesn't it doesn't actually feel all that different to me on a person to person basis. It's just okay. that the net it's just that the net effect is that when I come home I have to get all of that socialization in all at once as opposed to oh, I see person A every few weeks and person B every few weeks. But if I you know, if those weeks are sort of staggered, mm-hmm. then the net amount of time between seeing people in general isn't as much. Uh so I think that's the biggest thing. It's like it taken taken as a whole, it's super different, and technology does help with that for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but individually, it actually doesn't feel super different. Okay, that's a really interesting way that you talked about that. That really made me kind of reassess how I have interacted with people since I've graduated now, because so in my life. Last weekend, I went back to the small town that I went to college in, and I still have a lot of friends who are still going to that school, who were kind of a year or two younger than me. And so, in this past weekend, it felt like I was hanging out with tons of people 
very intensely for like 48 hours. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a lot of how you described right now is that to me, it felt like, wow, I'm just like sh- jamming in all of this social interaction with friends all in kind of one block of time. But now with what you said, I'm kind of reassessing and like, eh, it's not that different than what I would have normally done. Whereas I would have gotten all of this interaction with these groups of people at just kind of different blocks of time, much more spread out. Yeah. Cause I was thinking about my weekend in a very different way as in kind of like, I don't even know. It just felt like it felt like a lot at once. Mm-hmm. But now when I'm comparing it to what I did while I was still a student at that school, it's not really that much different. I mean, I, I don't want to say that it's that uh, it's not different. It's like for yeah. me, especially because I'm a bit more introverted, it's still a lot like the raw amount is still yeah. like, you know, it, it's totally different to spread things out versus not do anything and then do it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. You know, so that that is a big difference. Yeah, it is but, different, but but it depends on how much it's spread out. Like there are some people who like I had lunch with pretty much every week, but you'd have lunch for like an hour, forty five minutes to an hour. Versus now, it's like oh, we'll talk every couple of weeks, but instead we'll talk for a little bit longer than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in that way, then it's not then it doesn't feel that different if it's more regular. Uh, but you know, I mean. You know, ironically, you and I have gone obviously the complete opposite direction of <laughs> talking about every six months for the first three years. Yeah. <laughs> and then getting it all out in like a very long day. And now it's like, oh, we're talking every week. Uh, what, you know, so that, that's an interesting thing. And obviously technology helps with mm-hmm. that. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's still a lot. Uh, but I think it's also good to, yeah notice that you know you're still just you're trying to put in as much time as you can to almost sort of make up you know yeah especially especially because uh, for better or worse when you haven't actually talked to someone or seen someone in a while you feel the need to sort of catch up on everything yep and that's a lot more upfront versus if you see someone every week it's like a few minutes and or you get to talk about smaller things Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's always that's always an interesting dynamic i find yeah it's very different between like giving someone consistent small updates versus like okay let me like sit here for 20 minutes and vomit my entire past like three months at you <laughs> yeah. while you listen to me and then give feedback yeah <laughs> and even if you're capable of doing that like it, it really depends on how long it's been and who the person is like i'm not absolutely like i've been pen pals with someone Mm -hmm. and we're not great pen pals in terms of it takes a while for us to get a letter back and forth Mm -hmm. and there was one particular long break because she had taken so long to respond where she was like oh like how basically how the past two months been and i said look i'm writing a letter I cannot, like, my hand cannot handle trying to write down the past two months in any sort of detail. So you're going to get about one big thing and one small thing, and then I'm going to move forward with the conversation. Because we have other ways to talk if we really care enough to, like, hash out 
a whole lot of detail. Yeah, Yeah. but letters are not meant for that, I don't think. Not in this day and age. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's another interesting thing is, you know, you asked about technology, but the fact that, you know, I maintain a pen pal relationship with someone. I've done it a couple times in the past. I think Mikhail still does it with some people. You have mailed people cabbages, if nothing else. Uh, like, and why I have do you a, think I have a strong desire to create a pen pal relationship? Yeah, yeah, but I that's don't know right. How to go about like doing? I that. thought that we had talked about that. Yeah, I couldn't remember though. Yeah, but how how do you think that that plays into it? Like a, uh, you know, you reach a certain point and you feel like you want to almost regress in the technology. Like there is really cool technology out there t- for video chatting and stuff, but I don't use it <laughs> really. Uh, most mm-hmm. of it is just like talking on the phone. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I, I, I don't take advantage of it. Like, do you have a, do you have any thoughts on either for yourself or in general, why that would be? Well, I feel like, like for myself, the most advanced technologies are the most like, like the newest things, the, the new hot way to communicate with people or whatever. Me and my friends aren't totally up on all of that. We're not like the early adopter types in general, mm-hmm. so we won't be the ones communicating through like the latest VR way to communicate with friends or something. Um, sure. But there's – at times I think of myself as a bit of an old soul and like in that I really enjoy some sorts of old fashioned things. Like for example – I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I really enjoy writing with fountain pens, which I fully recognize are completely outdated and unnecessary and in many ways kind of foolish thing to do in today's modern age of much more technologically advanced pens. But I still enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I think that in some ways kind of translates to the ways that I communicate with some of my peers or my friends. And to be completely honest, it's something that's changed kind of in the past six months. Because while I was in college, I much preferred to text people and to communicate through that medium. But since I've graduated, it's changed very quickly from I really enjoy texting people and communicating kind of through small little blips of conversation to... I want to talk on the phone with you, and when I want to talk to you, I want to actually have, like, a genuine conversation where in 30 minutes we can actually talk through real things in our lives rather than in texting where it's kind of like – to have a real conversation texting, you need, like, hours of dedicated time, I feel like, to text someone. Yeah. I mean, I definitely remember early high school – that was certainly the case. I, w- I don't even know how I managed to do it back then to communicate mm-hmm. real things very frequently over text and never call people. Yeah. But, like, nowadays, like, texting is easier than it's ever been. Like, the fa- like <laughs> everything about it is so much easier. And yet I find it, like, so just, like, I can already feel my thumbs hurting. I can feel just everything feeling yeah. just horrible. It feels, like it's, it feels like it's dragging me down and limiting what I want to say to the people that I care about. Exactly. Exactly. Especially because there's so little 
immediate feedback. Like texting is in the awkward position where like if you're writing a letter or like an email, you can just say all the nuance of all the things because you have the time and the space and you mm-hmm. you know it, it, you know with letter writing obviously you're going to be limited by how much you feel like sitting there and actually handwriting yeah. but in either case you have a lot more space there to do that sort of a thing mm-hmm. and with things like phones or just being in person you get immediate feedback both ways but texting is the awkward thing where it's like you're not going to send a, an email or letter length thing so you can't get everything you want in there but you still need to wait for the other person to respond really unless you yeah. want to just do an awkward barrage of texts so yeah texting is not conducive to real talk mm-hmm. hmm yeah. What's your favorite fountain pen? Oh, that is oh gosh. What's the what's the closest fountain pen within reach of you right now? So the closest fountain pen of reach of me or in reach of me, I have to so in reach of me I have my case of pens and so I have to open it and pay attention to the orientation that it was in to figure out which one was the closest to me. All right, blindly grab, blindly look it and grab one. I want you to I paint me a picture. It, though. Okay, that's fine. So then, which one? Give me something to Google, and the then you can describe one it to me. To me, was a Lamy um, Safari? No, it's my Lamy Safari. Yeah, uh, it's my Lamy Vista. Ooh. I don't know that one. I know the Safari. It looks like the Safari, but different. I see that. Yeah, it does. yeah, that's about as accurate of a description as you could get if you know what at least one of them looks like. Yeah. Because <laughs> the Safari is never, yeah, it's never like translucent, right? Yeah. It looks like the Vista is. The Vista <laughs> that's is basically the, the only difference. It's the translucent Safari. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Um, huh. like the, the feed and nib mechanism is the exact same. You can transfer between them. Gotcha. But now what's the, what's the fanciest pen that you own? So not like, I know that you said, I think that you got one that's kind of been either passed down or gifted or whatever. What's the nicest one that you have yourself purchased? Oh, the nicest one that I've purchased myself. Yeah. Okay. The Vista. I need to give me one sec. I need to reach over to. Ooh, it's, it's not. It's not in the. It's not in the commoner's pen case. No, it is not. All right, that's what I like to see. Actually, I'm not sure if it is. Let me think through. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying like the most expensive necessarily, but like the one that you would be like, this is a neat fountain pen, sort of a thing. Okay. You know, like the one that you'd want, like, tucked in your pocket protector with your blazer on. <laughs> so that's not a, a pen that I've purchased myself, though. I, I'm saying among the ones that you've purchased. Of the ones that I've purchased... Um, What's well, got the most reputation? The one that I, I personally like the most and enjoy using the most is my Pilot Metropolitan. It's a Ooh, really low-brow pen. Mm-hmm. But yep, they're just sleek. They're sleek. Very unassuming. I love... Gosh, our listeners who don't know fountain pens right now are going to be just like, 
what but like crap I don't know, like I, I've used like pilot, but, uh, pilot Metropolitan series of writing utensils. Like, yeah, that's what I like about Pilot is that basically every like so many of the things that they make you can also get in just like a ballpoint or yeah. a mechanical pencil, yeah. and they're all really good. So the Pilot Metropolitan fountain pens, their extra fine nib is like super super fine, and I really mm-hmm. love writing with fine nibs. Yeah. Um. Just because my handwriting is a bit kind of, <laughs> you have to you have to have you have to have good hands. You have to, yeah, you have to have good to handwriting to justify a wide nib. <laughs> See, I and, think. And now that you say that, there's certain parts of me like an extra fine nib. It doesn't hide flaws in your handwriting as well, but mm. it also it's more legible. If you yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I'm more biased because I also have very cramped handwriting. Yeah. So the idea of using something thick, like even when I'm like writing on my iPad, I have to use pretty thin. Uh, like I. So that's the thing. Yeah, thicker ones do is sort of hide little errors and make things feel a bit more symmetric. But the mm-hmm. more that you look at it, the more you're like, oh, that's not like better. It's not like more legible. You know. Mm-hmm. So. I just like those fine details. Okay, so Metropolitan. That that does have like a subdued class to it. I can see that. But it's it's a super lowbrow pen cuz it's like a yeah, yeah. it's like a $15 pen. Well, yeah. Um, and it's just like black. <laughs> yeah, and I I own more expensive pens than that, but Yeah. They're not I enjoy writing with them mainly because I keep them inked up with not like basic ink. Mm-hmm. But my Metropolitan, I keep inked up with my, like, standard, really, like, color-dense black ink that just, mm. it's just so, it's just, it's such, like, a just a fine writing experience. It's exactly yeah. what I want out of a writing experience with a fountain pen. Mm-hmm. And, you're, and you just do, like, I remember we talked about this, you just mostly write on just, like, slightly thicker than normal printer paper that you just buy by the ream. Um, it's kind of changed a bit. Oh, yeah? But that's what I definitely did at the very end of college is, like, I would do, like, note-taking or any, like, homework that I had to do on, like, laser jet paper, which is Mm -hmm. just kind of slightly better than normal printer paper. But since I've kind of graduated, I've done less just, like, writing that I know doesn't really matter. And so when I'm writing, I know that I'm writing something that I care about. And so it's on, like, nice notebook paper. Okay, gotcha. Like, how nice? Like, like Rodia paper? Yeah, like Rodia or, like, Clairefontaine paper, like, imported from France. Yeah, you're not messing around. Yeah, like I mm. I keep a Rodia dot pad in my like briefcase, or sure. my my man purse that I claim is a briefcase, but it's really a man purse. Gotcha. Yeah. Very nice. Very so, nice. Yeah. Now that we're talking about fountain pens, I like really want to keep talking, but. <laughs> If I have to say my nicest pen that I own is I own a single Waterman that's like a – it was something that I kind of got from a older family member. Sure. Who didn't need it anymore and it's my most prized pen 
but it's also a rollerball pen. So it's not a fountain pen. Mm. Yeah. But. Okay. Very nice. That's where I'm at in my life. Sweet. We'll do a pen special one of these days, a writing utensil special. Oh, God. I'm going to have to mail you a pen for that, though. I can go get my own. I, I mean, I have my own collection. I, I don't know. I don't own any fountain pens. That is true. But I am still a pen snob in See, many other ways. I have I have a couple fountain pens that I think you would just absolutely love. So I'm sure when we do a pen special, I'll mail you one. Because the thing is, like for me, it's like uh, my favorite pens go in like various tiers. You know, because you have to have your favorite like. My favorite ballpoints, my favorite roller balls, my favorite gels. Uh, then you got various mixes of that. Favorite mechanical pencils. Mechanical pencils are very important. Mm-hmm. So there's just a whole there's a whole lot going on there. Mm-hmm. Like things like like there's a difference between the pen that you want to say write a birthday card with versus one that you want at hand to sign something with. Yes. Like there's like people don't get this. There's the fools who just use like. Clickable ballpoints for everything. Oh God! <laughs> like uh, Aaron Miller I'm and his Park Nicollet, <laughs> his thousand pack of Park Nicollet pens. <laughs> uh. Okay, let's move on. Let's give my comic the due dil- diligence that it deserves of approximately seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's about all that it's worth. <laughs> okay, that's perfect then. Oh, it was published the day before my birthday last year. That's so nice. Wait. Ah, okay. <laughs> I saw this comic when I was looking for mine, so. Okay. <laughs> Mark's comic is from F- minus by Tony Carrillo. And there is a man looking into a... It looks kind of like one of those aquarium tank things that you can keep, like, reptiles in. And the man is saying, Hey, that snake was expensive. And within the tank, there is a mouse that is about the length of a snake. So I'm assuming the mouse ate the snake. Yeah. (laughs) That is the... That that seems to be what it is implying. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So, Mark, what do you? What stimulating conversation did you have planned for this comic? I wanted to know about things that you bought that did not turn out as expected. That's a really good question. I, either they did not perform the function that you intended them to use, and they performed some other function, or they just completely failed what they were supposed to do in general. <laughs> oh gosh, I know there's things in my life that fit this question, but I'm having you. A really hard time thinking of them right now. <laughs> um, like, well, one of the obvious ones in my head that's popping up suddenly that listeners won't be able to connect with is when I built my 3D printer, there were a couple parts that I bought that, like, weren't what I thought they were, and so they didn't fit with the rest of the build of a 3D printer that I was trying to make, mm-hmm. and so they're currently just, like, sitting in a box in my apartment because... <laughs> <laughs> they've never been opened because I got the package and suddenly noticed like, oh, these bearings are twice the size that I thought they were. Mm-hmm. I definitely ordered the wrong bearings. Like, I can't even use these. Um, 
what gosh what things have i gotten that didn't fulfill the purpose that i thought i got them for i'm gonna say my first pair of bluetooth headphones kind of fit into that category because the first pair of bluetooth headphones that i purchased have like a three hour battery life because they were the cheapest ones that were sold on amazon at the time like two and a half years ago which means (laughs) they were pretty crummy and so the role they've ended up playing in my life is like my backup to my backup to my backup headphones sort of (laughs) of like they're always charged and somewhere in my apartment but i'm really not using them unless there's been just like a disastrous cascade of me forgetting to charge headphones. Sure. But I'm trying to think of other things that I've purchased that haven't lived up to my expectations or haven't lived up to what I thought they were going to be. Yeah. Um, while I try to think about this, do you have anything in particular in mind? Honestly, I didn't when I chose this comic. <laughs> That's but fine. now that I'm now that I'm thinking about it, the the first thing that came to mind is the first few times that I bought flash drives, because <clears throat> I kept telling myself I'm going to use these for what flash drives are meant to be used for, which is storage. <laughs> yep. And I believe I've used a flash drive for storage once in the past four years that I can think of. Yeah. And that was simply so that I could load a picture. Onto it, a single picture, a Calvin and Hobbes based picture that I could then attach to my car and upload it to set as a wallpaper (laughs) for my car display. Oh my gosh. It is Calvin and Hobbes as Spaceman Spiff (laughs) cruising in his spaceship. And the quote is, is a, our hero has very high insurance premiums, (laughs) 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 which, you know, as a, as a young male. Uh, I mean, I I don't pay that much for car insurance, but it's more than I would than I necessarily yeah. would if I were a different person. We have high <laughs> insurance premiums. Yeah. So speaking as that, young males living in big cities. Yeah. So that's really the only thing that come like. So yeah, that's the only time that I can remember in a long time using a flash drive for something storage related. Yeah. Uh, all I've used flash drives for, even the ones that I buy. Like, so this is the thing. I had some flash drives on hand, and then I got into Linux. The way that you do Linux, typically, nowadays, since, you know, CD drives are pretty much all but dead, is you install an OS onto the flash drive, and then you can boot computers from that flash drive and then use it to install. Okay. So I have a collection of flash drives with various Linux distributions on them, Mm -hmm. and... Then I'll be like, oh man, I have all these flash drives that are all like have <laughs> operating systems on them. And like I could reuse them theoretically for storage, even though it's kind of hard to do that. And it can hurt the flash drive. So I'll go get some more flash drives. And inevitably, <laughs> those also become Linux distributions. Yep. Uh, I kind of lose track of them. I really need to do a better job labeling them because right now the issue is that there's really only one kind of flash drive that I like that has consistently not broken on me and they all look the same and none of them are labeled. So the only way that I can figure out what they are is by plugging them into a computer that's already working and be like, okay, yeah, that is that one. I'll put it over here. So now it's all like spatial distribution. I know that the one on the right on the shelf 
is uh, Manjaro with an i3 window manager. The one directly uh, sitting in front of my monitor is Pop OS, which is what I currently run on my computers. Neat. And, oh, no, I lied. Oh, God, what is this one on the right? Uh, the one on the right was actually what I tried to use for macOS, so that Gosh. one actually needs to be replaced with something else. Mark, you're such the a dirty liar. The one on my left liar. is Manjaro. And then, at some point, I don't know what ha- nah, it's probably over on my dresser. I had, there's this wonderful Linux distribution called Porteus, which you can't install. You cannot install onto a computer. It's meant to be run from a flash drive and to just, like, boot up very quickly and be super, super tiny and be able to run on basically any computer. So if your computer's broken, you can just easily plug in this flash drive and use it. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, flash drives. That's probably the biggest thing. My Wacom tablet. I got a Wacom tablet mm-hmm. with the intention of adjusting how I did podcast editing, and I hate it for that now. Yeah. It didn't work at all. It's not great for me. Uh, I have a much better setup now for podcast editing. And so I, I don't use it that much. I have used it to edit PDFs on my computer. Mm-hmm. And I used it. It actually was very nice when I was making the uh, art for this show and OHAC. Since I did both of those like on my own using like free vector graphic software. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but that that's kind of funny because, like, you know, Wacom tablet, it's meant to be bought for art. I bought it basically for, like, ergonomic and podcast editing reasons, decided that I hated it, and now it's being used for art. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Do you have any others that came to mind? Not really, to be completely honest. Oh, that's okay. We actually gave this comic eight minutes, so we gave it, Ooh, gave it even more than it deserved. We've given it way more than it deserved. Like, we really did. Almost ten, over 10% more. We should cut it off, like now. Mm-hmm.